0: Hello, you're listening to the DMBA podcast, where we share business confidence for designers. My name is Alan. I'm a business designer and founder of the DMBA. And today I'm chatting with Emil. Welcome to the show, Emil. Hi, thank you. So Emil is a partner at a design studio called L'Udie, uh based in Dublana, and they do really amazing brand identity work, among other things. Um So the agency or the studio is also behind the DMBA brand identity, which we redesigned a couple of years ago. So if you want to see how that came to life, just check out the website D.MBA. But today we'll talk about our latest project, which we did together when and where we redesigned the DMBA certificates. So I'll begin by talking a little bit about the decision behind actually even engaging in this project. Uh, So why we decided to redesign the certificates, and then Emil will tell us more about the design process, so the actual process of creating these certificates. Um, But Emil, I'll start with a kind of a broad question, which hopefully leads us to why Mm. we even did this project, which is, do you happen to have any school certificates, like from high school, primary school, uh, hanging on your walls?
1: No, not really. I mean... I've moved so many times, uh, so probably I've lost all of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> True, and also as an aesthetically conscious person, you probably were aware of, uh, what you put on your walls, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, they they would probably be in my mom's like uh, bedroom uh, that she's proud of me, but otherwise, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have the same thing. So I have like this. Uh, a box of things that in this case I'm proud of. Yeah. But they don't go in my wall. Yeah, they're somewhere in the basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And um this actually brings us to why we even decided to do this project. I remember when I did the very first version of the DMBA program. Mm. Uh actually that program only had eight students. And one of them asked me, Hey Alan, will we get a certificate at the end? And I was like um. Yes, sure. <laughs> I didn't have it ready, mm-hmm. but I thought maybe it's important for them. And they told me they needed it for their employer or potential employer. So, as every other online school, we just put a PDF together, and there was my signature, which felt really weird, but it kind of worked. And I still remember when my mom first asked me, hey "Alan, what do you do? Like, what is this DMBA thing?" Like, uh, and I explained it to her, and then she asked me, "Okay, but do people get certificates?" <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's one of those things that's important to our parents.
1: Yeah. I mean, pa- probably just parents and employees. Yeah. No, sorry, just parents and employers. Employers. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and that that thought kind of led slowly to this whole project. Because if you look at our parents, they proudly, you know, frame their diplomas and certificates and they put it on their, on their walls. And... That doesn't happen with us, you know? Like, in the best case, you share your certificate or a picture of you holding your diploma on LinkedIn or Facebook, and that's it.
1: Mm, That's a very standard photo. Usually a person on the last day with his diploma in front of the entrance of the university and with his hat, (laughs) that's a standard Facebook photo that gets the most likes always. Most likes, exactly,
0: yeah. And there is uh, obligatory flowers or something like that. Or a
1: bottle of champagne.
0: Yeah, yeah. And a motivational quote, it was hard. So yeah, I mean, makes sense. But then you know, after that, this photo gets forgotten and also diploma gets into the box of your parents' basement. Exactly. Unless a potential employer needs it.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, usually you you hold like a PDF of it for like a...
0: For if you apply and you, yeah, if you yeah, need a... Exactly. Yeah, I remember when I had to take a scan of my diploma for applying somewhere. That was funny. Mm. Um, so that's one problem we have with certificates today. They are not really something that we would put on our walls. And I was always like, how should they look like so that somebody would actually put them on the wall? So that's one part. And the other part is also we live in a society where because certificates are so important for getting a visa, getting a job, and so on, they're just faked a lot. And uh, there's a whole industry. Actually, it's called like diploma meal companies. They're actually creating these diplomas, and you can just buy them online for a few hundred dollars, and that's just... just, just Uh, yeah, it it poses a big risk to the legal system, public safety and also hiring process. So that's why many companies have to spend a lot of time checking you know, doing the background checks.
1: Did that happen to you? Did anyone try to fake the the DMBA?
0: Yes. (laughs) Really? Yeah, so if you go on LinkedIn under the alumni we frequently have to go through the list and see if there's anyone whose name we don't recognize and then we either, yeah, we usually have to report to LinkedIn so that they remove them and yeah it's funny because we are like a small school and then somebody just tries to copy that or fake that i I was thinking that this just happens to harvard and stanford and the other schools but it's crazy
1: amazing yeah i mean probably they need like a promotion and that's the like easiest way to just throw some something (laughs) on their bio and you know
0: yeah yeah weird it's a funny story when we first I think it was a year and a half after we started using LinkedIn, we noticed this for the first time and we were like shocked. We are like, why? Mm. (laughs) So we wrote to the person saying, hey, um, you didn't do... (laughs) It was a really uh, weird message. We had to say, hey, we noticed you are saying that you did the DMBA, but it's not in our records. Do you mind taking it off? And that person was very nice. Like, oh yeah, sorry. Okay. And she took it off. That was it. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was an interesting experience. But you yeah you see kind of the user behavior in that mm. respect. Um, so when you put these two perspectives together, so the aesthetic, the aesthetic perspective, and then this let's say trustworthiness, and uh, the idea was like, okay, can we create something that would be wall worthy? and trustworthy and that kind of brings us to what we announced last week and released last week with our alumni mm. which is yeah world and trustworthy certificates and emil you're here because you helped us bring this to life so exactly. do you want to share a little bit more about what was the end result how was it created and what do students get
1: when you approached us in in december um, the challenge was how to combine this, you know, this beautiful aspect of, of certificates, but also to include another ver- variable of certificates that they're, you know, they're unique and they're personalized and, you know, you feel like they belong to you um, and that every certificate... Could be you know unique, almost like NFTs. If you know the the whole saga now with the bored monkeys and you know the whole bored, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the our concept was pretty straightforward. Um, Took take generative art, take the kind of like the general aesthetics of the DMBA, and you know merge it together and you know create let's say 1000 of unique certificates that mm. you can then you know send to each individual that you know finishes the the course mm. so our kind of like primary goal was you know how what what do we show on these certificates right mm-hmm. um usually the certificates are very let's say blank in terms of they just usually write the name of the student, the the name of the university and so on. But we decided that, you know, we want to go into a more visual, aesthetically pleasing way. So we took this graphic route um, and our kind of like main, main visual point was the DMBA logo that, as you know, but probably l- lots of others don't know, it, it's like a um, letter D. But also if you look at it, differently, it can be a person, a student that's holding his hand out mm. uh, up, you know, to, to ask a question. And so we took this as the main visual. And then we drew a lot of different patterns, different colored backgrounds, we actually like created five different layer, layers, then you can then import into a software, and it just generates loads and loads of these certificates. So we ended up with like, almost 2000 different certificates.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important point. Like uh, we live in this world with everything, everybody wants to personalize things and have a unique one Mm. of kind of um, items. And now we have the technology to do that, but certificates were still like in the 17th, 16th century where it's just, it's the Dean's signature that's more important than the message of the whole school. And that's what I really like about this approach is that we got this main symbol like of the brand identity, which is this D, which is symbol for a student with a raised hand, which is also symbol of a designer with a with a voice in the boardroom in the business meeting. Exactly, yeah. um, and then this this is kind of a repeatable element. So it's like certificate becomes uh, a magnifier of this big message of the whole mission of the why you took this course, uh, not like just the name of the provider or whatever.
1: Mm. And we also like we started from our own viewpoint like how to design something that we would be you know proud to have on our walls so mm-hmm. you know we wouldn't feel like you know okay so if i now if i have to i'm going to put this up um so yeah the, the certificate is at the end um, exported in three different versions, right? Mm-hmm. You have the version that is um, made for blockchain. You have the version that is for social media, and of course, you have the version that is for print and mm-hmm. putting in the in the frame and on the mm-hmm. wall.
0: By the way, if you want to see the end results, just check out it. It's, there is a link also in the description of the podcast, but you can also just type in ddotmba slash blog. And then you can see uh, a blog post called "School Certificates for the Digital Age," and what you will see is that um, the name of the student and also the the logo of the providers. In this case, the DMB. It's not the main point of the certificate, right? It's like a small, like almost like a footnote, right?
1: Yeah, almost like you know, on the graphics, usually the artist signs his work on yeah. the on the you know on the bottom, and yeah, this is how we designed
0: this yeah i I think they came out really really (laughs) beautiful so that was it's great job and as you said so we created basically three different things that they could get so there is this uh, pdf for printing out and framing there's a jpeg for social media and then there's an nft and i think an interesting thing here is that um students don't choose what they get it's just randomly generated so when somebody finishes they get the next slot and whatever is there is just theirs. And there is also what we saw last week with the launch, there's this like incitement about, what am I gonna get? <laughs> mm.
1: Yeah, I think it's really interesting because even though the they're visually very abstract, you tend to start seeing some references. And mm. that's the beauty, you know, we have a very specific uh, nature that draws us to seeing meaning in things. So, you know, some certificate, you know, the, even we, when we were designing them, we started giving them names, you know, one was the, the, the bridge, one was the mountain, one was the moon and the, the peak and so on. So I think it's really interesting, this approach that you don't select it, but it's, you know, awarded to you and then you, you know, you make it your own.
0: You assigned them uh, in, Yeah. Like some people shared it on LinkedIn and there was one which really looked like a ladybug, Another one looks like an eye, and a few others. There's one we started calling Lemon just because it's a yellow uh, circle with yeah. like some uh, um, lines over it. So I, I think that's the really, really beautiful part about it is that you can start having conversations. And what we saw also in the alumni community is that it brings out these discussions and like a feeling of community like, oh, like we share this, we have this in common. So how, that was many, how many
1: certificates did you send out?
0: So we so initially we just offered it to alumni and 50% of alumni decided to claim theirs. Nice. So that's a couple of hundred. So that's way more than we expected. So in the beginning we said, okay, if 10% says they want this, that's a success. But then half of them already sign up to get theirs. So we consider it a, a huge Success, like, yeah, we didn't expect that because that was a side project. It was a fun project, but it, we didn't expect it to go so well. So nice. I'm expecting more schools to start experimenting with this soon. Let's one, see. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> so um since our audience is designers, also alumni, but also listeners to this, um, I know that one of the questions we got frequently last week was, oh, this looks so cool. How can I do the same? So I'm wondering if you have any tips to share with uh, listeners if they want to try and you know play with generative art and create their own certificates or whatever else they're trying to create. What did you learn that maybe can help them save some time and uh, some trouble?
1: Yeah, so for a long time I was using the right tool to help me because there's a lot of tools on the market. Um some of them are free, some of them are um you know you have to pay for them. Uh but once you get the right tool that allows you to really experiment and do what you want to do, it's much easier. We used an open source NFTR generator, which is called Epsus. And um you kind of like you just designed different variables. So for example, we Shows like five different layers. You could just select, I don't know, two or five or 10 or how many you want, but then it depends on the variations, right? So for example, if you have just two layers that have two variations, this means there is two times by two times. So you get four different options, but then it's it quickly, when you start multiplying five times by five times by five times, that's already a lot. Mm. So then it goes, you know, much higher. Uh, so you basically just import your different layers inside, and then you select for every layer the frequency. For example, that's very useful with designing NFTs. You can select, okay, this attribute is very rare. I want it to appear on just 10% of all the artworks. And then you just click generate, for example, for our certificates that we generated more than 2000 of them, it took us, I think almost 40 minutes with my, with my completely brand new Macbook. (laughs) So if I was doing that on my old computer, it would probably take like a couple of hours. (laughs) And then when you get to that point, what you still need to do is filter out the, the, the bad ones. Uh, So this means the duplicates for, in our case, for example, we had certain layers that it happened in certain uh, occasions that it was all like black or all red. Mm. So it, you know, it wasn't showing the, the, the guy with the hand. Mm -hmm. So we took these ones out. Mm. So this took us like a couple of hours
0: to, to do. So that's, so I guess then the biggest part is prepping the whole assets. So in our case, there was, you said, five layers of five different, um, let's say, visual components. Mm. And then you generate that, and then you also filter. Yeah. Right, okay.
1: And then it gets to the point where, where you need to do something with them, right? Now you have generated uh, JPEGs or PNGs, and but now you need to take them to an OpenSea or an NFT platform, or you need to, you know, create some artworks with them that's the the next step then so maybe you can mm-hmm. talk about how you approach that with this but first one.
0: also how i think what i really liked about your approach is that you created these images but then you also gave them a frame so they didn't stay like a square jpegs but one one version of the certificates are like pdfs with and with yeah on top and then let's say most prominent part is still like this graphic, but at the bottom we added the name and when they finished the course and the logo of the MBA. Uh, so that frame, I think, also makes the whole difference. Yeah, and because
1: we were really here inspired by you know how graphics are made, and usually you have like a, um, you have a smaller you have a smaller print that your actual uh, paper is. So mm. you need to put it in in space and use this white, uh, basically white space around it in your advantage yeah. to create this passepartout mm. of an artwork Feeling, yeah. um, that also helps you know this graphic breathe. Mm. But at the same time, you know it feels very elegant and mm. uh, fancy. Mm. But uh, so how we do how we did that was basically we uh, selected because you know if you would have to do 2000 um pdfs by hand with all the information that would take ages right because you know you can you re, it's really impossible to imagine how much 2000 is it's it's yeah. really a lot just
0: scrolling through them yeah yeah i know when you sent them over i was like okay i'm going to go through each and every one of them and i probably stopped at like 150 I'm like okay <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly so we
1: um made an InDesign template that had all the variables inside, so you could basically really quickly import the image from, uh, from a folder and the information from, uh, from a spreadsheet document. Yeah. So basically, we had one document, one folder with images and names, and it just automatically uh, generated all the certificates, and that helped us a lot, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's super helpful. When you have a uh, hundred students, and then you have to, do there is a lot of mistakes if you try to do it manually. Actually, mm. we learned that the manual work is not just longer, but also more error-prone. So that was uh, uh, that's a big asset that we have now. Like we just have a new cohort finishing the program, we can just uh, j- randomly generate these and also create the PDFs and JPEGs. Um, but just going back to the initial question, is there anything in this process that you did wrong, and then maybe you would? You know, point out to others that maybe, oh, watch out this is a potential pitfall or rabbit hole to to avoid mm,
1: yeah, I mean, I think it's really important that you have the the final designs confirmed before you go generating because we were we were like at ninety eight percent confirmed. And I was already like happy, and I was like, "Yeah, I want to try this out." And I, I was like, "Let's just generate all of them because I want to see them all." <laughs> and then I got your email, and he, you were like, "Okay, let's change maybe this one." And then I was like, "Oh no, I just I just generated two thousand certificates, <laughs> but it wasn't problematic." So I think this is one thing. Um, so
0: you can do test runs also,
1: yeah, yeah, of okay. course I mean it's a it's a free tool, so you can do as many as you want.
0: But you can also say, don't do all the variation, just do I don't know one percent of that, or of course yeah you ah, can okay. you
1: can um limit it to like let's do fifty of them and try it out, so yeah. I did a lot of that as well, yeah,
0: yeah, I'm guessing that's the the playful part in the beginning where you have to try this out, but it's really it's it's really cool. Yeah. when you start doing that because when you're designing
1: and then you you have this subjective approach and you start doing okay let's combine this one with that one and maybe this one and then something comes out and you're like okay nice but when that happens you get all these unexpected variations yes that are really nice and what i, I like about you know computer generated stuff is that it doesn't care about mistakes and mm. you know that something is wrong but it just you know
0: it just makes it and there's there's this beauty in mistakes if it's created by the computer i think when it's a person curating just one piece then we have a completely different eye for detail and aesthetics but Mm. it's like a whole family of things that were generated then at least i read these images completely different i'm like oh okay that's super interesting because also it was generated and you almost have to look at the whole family to get a feeling for it, not just one. Exactly. Get the yeah. whole story. So yeah, because
1: I mean, if you just look at one, it's like, okay, why did you do just that? Yeah. yeah so th- maybe that's my question to you, because you were one of the rare people who could select their own certificate, right? Yes. How did you decide on which one?
0: (laughs) So first, just to explain. So in the team, so we decided we were the the first just to choose, uh, let's say, the team certificates. Uh, So we're the only ones who were not assigned, but could choose. (laughs) It was a funny process. Uh, It was a hard, much harder process than you would expect. Initially, as I said, I went through 150 and I started marking them. And then I realized I'm marking every fifth (laughs) and I had too many that I had to go through. And then in the end, I just kind of, you know, uh, opened them and just quickly went through. And then wherever I felt like it's something is different, I just stopped and I, that were the ones I was drawn to. So there wasn't really a lot of thinking involved, just like uh, a gut reaction. Uh, but, since my wife also works in the same company, we tried to find two that would uh that would fit together if you put them nice. on a wall so that was that was part of the whole thing but I think it 's important to know that we took these three that we took for the team we took them out of the collection, so they're not part of these thousand six hundred uh, seventy seven that are just for students uh so this is like a closed collection for students that will never be used for anything else, yeah. Um, And that's important because of the NFTs, right, which is, I think, what we should talk about next, which is each student has a chance. So it's not like you have to do it, but each alumni, everybody who finishes the course, we give them a chance to also mint their NFT. And the reason for that is that they can prove that they actually finished the course. And the way you prove that is you can on blockchain show that you have received this specific token. So this image directly from our address and our address is designmba.eth. So, and we use this wallet, this address only for sending it out to students, which means if you have received this NFT from this address, you can, you're proving that you have done the course. And that's, I think right now we're at the stage of this technology where nobody would actually check, but I'm guessing in a five to 10 years, there are going to be portals for employers, as we said before, and for else whoever else is interested in checking our certificates Mm. where you would be able to then put in transaction in and see actually if this checks out Uh, so there's no dominant design right now for checking certificates but we just wanted to do something playful so yeah students can mint it have it in a blockchain have it in their wallet um and but it's not tied just to an nft so you could just have pdf that's not like related so we wanted to make it also inclusive so if you don't want to use the blockchain, that's fine. Some people are still like environmentally uh, concerned, which is our also was our concern. But that's why we chose the chain called Polygon, which is the, which is the eco friendly um, proof of uh, stake chain, which means that it's it's much more environmentally friendly as Ethereum or Bitcoin at this at this stage.
1: Yeah, but also what I think is really cool about the collection that you have on OpenSea that you're able to see all of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, You have like a gallery,
1: basically, of exactly. all the certificates.
0: And if you go on openc.io slash collection slash dmba, and there's a link also in the description, you can find exactly uh, all. But you don't see all 1,677, but you only see the ones that were minted up until now. So there's also this feeling of these certificates are minted through students' hard work, not just by somebody buying them, but somebody had to sweat through this program for six weeks to then this image or slash NFT be put on a blockchain. So, so an it's like a
1: proof of study.
0: Proof of study. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh,
1: so what would happen, let's say, if someone sends it to someone else? Is that possible?
0: Yeah, if we go back to the image of uh, oh, that people share on social media today, right? So there is a person usually with a graduation hat on. Then on one hand, they hold a diploma. And on the other hand, they have flowers or something else. Sometimes you get flowers, sometimes you get book. So the way we see this NFT is almost like that book or that flower. So it's an additional piece of art that you can also sell if you want. And we wanted to opened it up because we didn't know how this technology will evolve in the future. So we just wanted to see and observe how students or slash alumni react to this. So at this moment, yeah, there is this idea, okay, what if this becomes uh, an item people want to collect? What if I, as somebody who just finished the course, I just want to collect from other students who fellow fellow DMBAs what they have? So we wanna wanted to open it up, and the reason we could open it up is because it if, even if you sell it forward, it doesn't um, doesn't break the 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 fact that you can prove that you've done the course because you still have, as I said before, the original transaction. So the MBA wallet will only sell it or send it this NFT directly to students, not to anyone else. So even if you did sell it forward, um, I mean maybe a better way to think about it is like Olympic gold medal. Like you can mm. hold, you probably want to hold it and forever, but- Yeah,
1: you can buy it from like a second hand, but- You <laughs> could.
0: <laughs> but probably you don't want to sell it. So it was the same thing here. So we want to see how it evolves because I think, I think we're the first school doing this and we just wanted to see how people react. So nobody uh, listed or sold it so far. So I think this is going more into this direction of non-transferable NFTs. mm
1: yeah. Like they're, I mean, that's the plan, right? But maybe if they get like a super high value and, you know, all the hype happens around that, that would be pretty funny.
0: That would be pretty funny. Yeah. Let's see. But that's not, <laughs> that wasn't the initial plan, but let's see.
1: So what, what are next steps? What happens after all one, 1,677 of them are gone, or how many of them? Yeah,
0: 1,677. Well, I would call you again and say, hey, let's do the <laughs> second collection. Yeah,
1: that's really easy to do now because um, with every additional variation of every layer that we do, you know, just kind of like the, the new variations go through the roof, yeah. the numbers, and then we could also like change all of them and yeah. change colors, uh, add new like specialty elements, and they 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 remain in the same family, but yeah. they feel different, and they they have like a second, let's say a second round edition. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I think if we were to get there, we would definitely have like okay, this is a second edition, and maybe even try to make it very visu- visually like distinct, at least with one trait or something. Just to have that, again, that feeling of collection because uh, going back to the behavior and the feedback we got last week, it's it's a lot about this like feeling of community. I finished this course, you finished it too. So now we share something. So um, we wanted to, even after we mint and uh, generate all the initial run, we just want to have the opportunity for others also. And I think the nice thing here is by using this generative art approach, even schools that have thousands and thousands of students coming every year, you know, you could have um, in theory and definitely also in practice enough of these unique pieces of art Mm. for everybody to get their piece unique.
1: Yeah, but also what I like about it is that, you know, it's um, one of rare uh, useful uses of uh, NFTs and blockchain technology, because usually it's more about speculation, investments and so on. But here you have something that's very, um very basic but at the same time you know it does its role in in a very nice way um and it's not just some some hype or some
0: yeah yeah no i agree there's this additional utility that just takes it to another level and as designers we were that's exactly the aspect we're interested in in this space which is like okay right now it's mostly about art and selling and reselling and banking on the art but there are so many different ways this could be Used and utilized exactly. It's just, yeah. We just have to start playing with it around, and that's why our our project definitely is, is rough around the edges. It, there are things that could be done, uh, not visually, I mean, but more like in terms of the story and how it's you know minted to students. Because frankly, most most of our alumni still like don't have a crypto wallet, so we have to teach them how to set it up and all of that stuff. So we are in the very early stages and that's why also these concepts are rough around the edges, but I think once we get more and more into this space, there will be platforms and providers who will make it easier for all of us. I agree. Okay. I think we covered this pretty, pretty well. So if anyone is interested in doing something similar, definitely just reach out, um, at hello at d.mba, and maybe we can also help you in the future. Um, yeah, Emil. Is there anything maybe we forgot to mention, and you think would still be interesting to the listeners?
1: I think that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah, I think we summed it up. Um, so the, the, the there's. A, I just want to say that there's a lot of tools. There's a lot of tutorials already out there. People who you know more, a lot more about this than than we do. Um, but you know, just I think it's a very this technology is at, at a very very early stage and there's a lot to experiment with it um, and also, you know, new and cool uses of it. Mm-hmm. So I would just encourage everyone to kind of like lose this fear and just, you know, dive into it. And, and take a couple create of months. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. just bored apes, but something
0: <laughs> something nice. <laughs> exactly. And, and if anyone wants to reach out to Emil also about the project, because now, he and his team has experience you can also find the link to the website on uh, in the podcast description and reach out reach out to them yeah um yeah so that's everything in today's episode if you find it interesting and useful and if you're also a designer who is looking for the business knowledge um check out the dmba program so the next intake starts in just a couple of weeks on march 14th And these are just a few last days when we are accepting applications So before we book out all the seats. So if that sounds interesting to you, check out the d.mba slash course. Thanks again. Thanks, Emil. And talk to you all soon.
1: Bye-bye. Bye.